Welcome to This Crip Life, a place where you can meet disabled people and learn about the things that affect them. This is an Asheville FM podcast produced by DIY Able. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to This Crip Life. And this episode is our first episode because it is Disability Pride Month. And I thought I'd do a deep dive into the ADA with my good friend, Vicki, who is my favorite deep dive friend of all time because she's so good at it. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about the ADA. But first, I'm going to tell everyone because the reason I'm doing this is because I feel like a lot of non-disabled people aren't even aware of the ADA and disabled people are aware of the ADA, but they don't exactly understand what their rights are. So I thought this would be a good conversation to have so everyone could get informed about this law we have, the American Disabilities Act. So first what I'll do is like read this definition um, of what it is. So the American Disabilities Act The ADA prohibits discrimination against people with disabilities in several areas, including employment, transportation, public accommodations, communications, and access to state and local government programs and services. So that's just a general little description of what the ADA is. Um, But I'm going to have Vicki kind of talk about it. So, um, Vicky, like, let's talk about what our rights, what rights we do have. So um, if you'd want to expand on that. Yeah. So within um, employment, there's four titles in the ADA. The first is the employment uh, title one, which is employment. Basically, you cannot your employers cannot discriminate against qualified disabled people during the application, hiring, firing promotion, compensation, job training, or any other things involving employment. And I want to emphasize qualified right there, because like, if you don't have the qualifications, even as a disabled person, like you're just like anybody else, you are not entitled to work for that position. You're not entitled to like work for that company. Um, and I know there's definitely, you know, there might be some clips and, uh, like confusion with that is if you let's say get rejected at a job on job application when you're disabled like you do need to double check that like you were not rejected for your disability status but it was you know something merit-based qualification-based and also like just remember that you know when you're applying for things as well that you know you don't have to be hired just because you're disabled like no one's forced to hire you, basically. Like, you're not entitled to be pushed over that go. Because we should, we should, yeah, because we should remind people that the ADA is not to give disabled people special or extra rights. It's to give them equal rights. And what that looks like, it could be you might need an assistant or a caregiver or closed captions or Braille. So it's just to give you equal rights because having those things makes us equal to non-disabled people, not gives us extra special treatment because we're disabled. 
So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and also with that entitlement or the um, employment title, like you can't be harassed for your disability. Well, you legally can't be harassed. It's probably still going to happen because who has read this? Maybe like 12 people. Um, But like you can, you're legally not, uh, oh God, English speaking. Your employer cannot like legally discipline you or fire you if you wish to assert your rights afforded to you. Like if you're like, hey, I want accommodations and they're like, you're fired. They're not allowed to do that legally. Will it happen? Yeah, probably will, but not legally. They're not legally supposed to be doing that BS. Um, Also, they can't ask you about your disability specifically. What employers can do is they can say, if you need accommodations, here's the information, who to contact. And it's the same for like uh, universities and schools and whatnot. Like they can't, no one can force you to disclose your disability. They can advertise that we do have accommodations offered um, and that we can help you if you're disabled, but they cannot. And you also don't have to tell them like what your specific disability is. So if you say, I like if you're a wheelchair user and you just say, oh, I need like a lower desk so I can like slide under. You can't be like, oh, but why are you in the wheelchair? Like, why? You don't have to answer that question. You should probably just be like, hey, I'd like to assert my ADA right not to disclose specifics about my disability to get this accommodation. Um, there are some cases where you might need to disclose your disability and uh, potentially provide some kind of doctor's note that supports that need of accommodation. So like for me, uh, one of those things is like dark modes for computers and working in a um, like kind of low noise area. I don't look like I need that. Like no one's gonna be like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. They're gonna be like, okay, but like why? I don't see anything like obvious about you that says like, oh, this makes sense. So you would just need like, I would, I usually need like a note from my doctor that just says like, yes, she has some condition that requires her to have a low noise area to work in, or like the ability to have headphones, like noise canceling headphones in, and like a lower light uh, office, but they also don't have to write specifically like, oh yeah, she has brain damage. That's why she needs this. Her left frontal temporal lobe sustained minor damage. It's functional damage, not structural, but like, that's why she's like, they don't have to do that. If they want to feel free, like that's a discussion between you and your doctor, but yeah, they don't have to. Um, And with service animals, whether they're in the workplace, um, schools or, anywhere really so long as your service animal is properly trained housebroken and under your control at all times you can take a service animal anywhere you want within reason obviously uh can't take your service sheep on a submarine i don't think that one's going to be allowed but um you also no one can also you know ask you why you need a service animal specifically like you have your service dog. Now I'm feel like, oh, why do you have a service dog? They can ask you, however, um, if the service animal qualifies as a service animal and what it's been trained to do. So 
if you try to say you have a service goldfish and bring that goldfish everywhere you go, they're going to have a lot of questions about that. And those questions about your service goldfish are valid and legal because what the heck is a service? What is your service goldfish trained to do? What is he going to do for you? Also, I don't think that qualifies as a service animal. (laughs) But like if you have your service mini horse, which is the only animal named in the ADA specifically, you and your little miniature horse can go anywhere. They can ask like, oh, well, what is your miniature horse for? And you then can tell him or you can tell whoever's asking the question, like what your service horse is trained to do. If anything, I don't really know why people need a service horse, but it's allowed. So that's cool. Um, (laughs) Well, as a wheelchair user, I'm thinking maybe you can get on that miniature horse and use it instead of a wheelchair. And that would be actually more fun. I don't know whether it'd be more fun, but it'd be interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine just like riding around in your mini, on your mini horse being like, Hi, welcome to Subway. How can I take your order? (laughs) (laughs) Or go to the grocery store and be like, excuse me, sir. Can me and my horse get by you, please? I need to to get that thing off the aisle, off the shelf. (laughs) And like, there are some places that like your service animal may or may not be allowed. Like if you work in a restaurant, your service animal's, not going to be allowed in the back kitchen because of right, like right. sanitary reasons yeah um emotional support animals also do not qualify as a service animal because they are not trained to do anything they're literally just emotional support which does not constitute as a service according to the u.s law which fair um it's well right now the way it's um emotional service emotional support animals are that that like terminology they don't have a specific like service like when you have a service dog for um, people with low vision or people with seizures the dog like does something if person seizes they go run and get help the um, yeah and they're trained to do they're trained to assist whereas the emotional support which i will admit to people my cute little chihuahua, my doctor has written a prescription that I'm allowed to have her with me. She is not an official service animal, but yeah, I love that. So, um, so for employment and then like things like parking and ramps and stuff like that are also under in, and you know, like public spaces, government buildings, colleges. Yeah. It's state and local governments is your second title, public accommodations, commercial facilities, excuse me, is your third title. And then title four is uh, telecommunication stuff. So like, you know, uh, equal access with like phones through the um, TTY phones and whatnot. But yeah, pretty much anything that exists, as long as you are not a small business with less than 15 employees, or a church, you should be following the ADA. Like you're legally obligated to, if you're a small business with 15 or fewer employees or a church or like a religious institution, you still should probably just be a decent human being and, you know, make everything accessible. But this 
the ADA gives those two groups a like a pass. Exemption. Yeah. The rationale for this small business is like if you have fewer than 15 employees, you probably can't afford a whole lot. You also might not have an actual office space. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's that. And then religious is literally because Christian was whined. I wish that were a joke, but they literally whined that they had to be made accessible. And so yeah, they and got exempted. So I actually, like, I know a couple of people. I am not religious. I am not Christian. I don't hate Christians, but I, I'm not into, I'm not into organized religion. My parents were Hindu. I'm, I appreciate it because I love the stories because it's like listening to, you know, Greek mythology or something. But, um, but, you know, I'm not really into organized religion, but I've met a few people like a friend of mine. She was supposed to be baptized, but the church was not accessible and they refused to baptize her. um, And she was in Florida and, you know, her family, it's originally from New York and they're, they've been part of this church for generations. It's a Catholic church. And so they've been part of it for generations. So they literally had to get the grandmother to talk to the head, whatever head priest. I, you know, because I'm not into religion. I don't know the names of these people, but like the head top poncho priest and like, just like, Hey, they won't baptize my granddaughter. So he actually had to call the, the, franchise the franchise location in florida <laughs> sorry christians i'm not trying to offend you but i don't know what to call it congregation the the congregation the florida congregation and told them like hey you have to figure out how to baptize this girl this, this these are our parishioners for many generations so figure it out and they did because the ted honcha was like figure it out but then 25 to 26 years later it's still not accessible. They still didn't try to make it accessible, even though one of their parishioners for sure is disabled and wants to go, but can't because it's not accessible. And then I had another friend. Sounds about who, right for Christianity. You know, all, know. Are, all are welcome unless you're disabled and stay the hell out. Unless yes. you're disabled and gay. Sorry, I Just, forgot yeah, to add the other about Christians <laughs> like to try and pray away. Yeah. Yeah, so... <laughs> So then, like, I had another friend who, you know, he needs about 95% assistance, and he wanted to go to church, but he, you know, he couldn't schedule his caregiver to take care of him and clean him up and do all the stuff that needed to be done for him. And so some of the parishioners said they would do it for him, and they would take him home and do all the stuff for him. And they volunteered to do it, but then... I guess it's a priest. I don't know what their preacher or whatever the person's title is told the parishioners they couldn't do that because legally they didn't want to be held accountable in case something happened to him. So those two things already, I'm like, that is not Christian. I do not understand how an organization that says they're Christian, but we know Christians aren't real Christians, but you know, so it's just, appalling to me that you know people are you know be kind to your neighbor you know they have these like rules but then it applies unless you're disabled or gay and then they're like well because you're disabled and gay we don't care about you so 
So yeah, so that's that. Sounds about right. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so I personally think it's something the ADA probably needs to address because, you know, I don't think it's fair that disabled people can't worship the way they want to worship. And if they want to, it should be their right. So that's my my opinion on that. I don't want to prevent a Christian from being able to be a Christian if they want. Oh, yeah. The other interesting thing about the ADA, so one of the rights that we haven't is the work because they can accommodate you, but the clause, they're, they're legally supposed to accommodate you, but this is the out for, and most, I feel like most businesses and stuff use this out, even if it's not necessarily true. And it can be true for some employers, but the if there's a financial burden, then they do not have to accommodate you. And I think that can be tricky because there are times where the accommodation really wouldn't cost that much, but they just don't want to do it to where the accommodation would really cost that much and they can't do it. But uh, so the undue financial burden clause is basically annoying. Um <laughs> You can tell how I feel about that. <laughs> you could tell how I felt about it when I talked about it. <laughs> I, I hate that clause, but I understand why it's there. So the undue financial burden clause basically says that if the accommodation, like if um, the accommodations requested would place a company in a place of financial hardship, the company does not have to do it. So if I want a elevator in my building my and let's say I live in a building that's not owned by a landlord but like company wise like I'm trying to get an elevator in the building where there's a bunch of companies that kind of thing right I can't just be like hey yo Mr. Landlord the ADA says you gotta make this accessible and he's like an elevator is twenty some thousand dollars if not more I don't have that kind of money and I can't be like, okay, cool. Sucks to suck. Bankrupt yourself. Take out a loan just to give me accessibility. Um, And so that's why it's kind of there. The undue financial burden clause is not a way to say you don't have to make things accommodate accessible because the flip side of that is it is if you are unable to afford the accommodations, you have to find an alternative option. So with this landlord who won't drop 30, 20K to put an elevator in there for me, he then has to come up with an alternative solution. So if my office is on the second floor, he can say, all right, cool. Well, the ground floor is fully accessible. Let's move your office from the second floor to the first floor and put somebody from the first floor up on the second floor. They still, they can't just be like, nope, don't have the money to do that. Bye. Have fun in this inaccessible hell. See you never again. They still have to do something to kind of, I don't want to say make up for not having the money to do something, but they can't just be like, nah, we good. Peace out. They, they have to find an alternative solution either um, financially or through alternative uh, accessibility means. Yeah, so basically, um, the ADA is there, and you do have certain rights, but like doing, like just this information that Vicky just gave us is really important because, like, when you do go to a job, 
And you, if you need an elevator and they say, you can't put the elevator in, then the, and they might be like, okay, sorry, you can't have the job because they're not disabled. So they're just, they don't know what your rights are. So you have to inform them. So then you have to fight for your job. And I know a lot of people get upset because they just want their rights to be there and not have to fight for them. But unfortunately, when you're a minority and most people don't experience what you're experiencing, you're yeah. going to have to fight for it. So then I, you know, my advice to anyone that's in that situation, um, fight for it, be like, okay, well, you can't put an elevator and then you should put me on the first floor. How are you going to do that? And, you know, don't ask them, tell them, say, according to the ADA, you have to figure out an accommodation if you can't afford yeah. it. And, um, yeah, I've had friends where they've asked for like bars and bathrooms and stuff like that. And they're like, Oh no, that's a, that's a financial burden when a bar literally costs like $15 from the hardware store and, and you can screw it in, you know? So oh, yeah, there's definitely people who take that like oh, you're placing an undue financial burden by asking me to spend $25 in two hours of my own time screwing in bars in a bathroom. Like, that doesn't qualify as an undue financial burden under the law because, like, it's $15 and two hours of your time. Like, that's, that's not a burden unless you're that broke. But if you're that broke, I don't think you're running a business. <laughs> if you can't spend 25 bucks on your business then you probably shouldn't be having a business and um yeah so and the thing is it's like the reason you're gonna have to fight for this because like non-disabled people don't understand why that is such an important thing to have when you need it so um so you i yeah my suggestion is like know your rights get informed about it and you know, fight for what your rights are. So, you know, but actually be aware of them. So you're not yeah, that too. fighting like you for something you actually don't have the right to with fight the for. Current, um, COVID restrictions that are let. <laughs> Just talk about the ADA does not, COVID safety precautions are not bound to the ADA and vice versa. Like, because I know there were so many, um, people talking about how like oh well if you tell me to wear a mask and I'm saying no uh, I don't want to wear a mask because I have health conditions you're violating my ADA rights like no you're not but no one's ADA rights are being violated when somebody asks you to put on a mask when somebody asks if you're vaccinated nobody is violating your ADA right to that either also no one's violating your HIPAA rights by asking if you are vaccinated. Just want to toss that out there because I've seen so many people being like, oh, my ADA right was violated because somebody told me I had to put on a mask and I didn't want to. And I was like, how is that your ADA right being violated? Like, nobody is asking you to disclose your disability. Yeah. And the yeah. other thing, there are disabled people that can't wear a mask due to their breathing issues or like yeah. we have a friend that doesn't have arms. So she, she can't take a mask on and off. And so there are certain 
disabled people that can't wear a mask. So to them, that is their ADA it's not even your ADA people right that just to don't wear, wear, a wear a mask or not wear a mask, even our, disabled people. Like the ADA doesn't even cover that. Yeah. Yeah. Cover that because I don't think the ADA prepared for a pandemic, but the ADA wasn't like, but if there's a pandemic, the disabled people that can't wear a mask don't have to. But, um, you know, as a community, let's be respectful to that because there are certain disabled people that can't wear it. It could actually endanger their lives. And it's not an ADA law, but, you know, it's just like as a community, you need to just be empathetic towards that and people that aren't actually disabled and just don't want to wear a mask and use the ADA as a reason. That's, I don't I know. I mean, know I what say it's criminal, ADA but it's wearing, unethical. At wearing, least. Oh my God. What ADA are they reading that like masks and <laughs> vaccines are specifically included? Cause that sounds like a really fun ADA and it sounds significantly better and more comprehensive than the one we have. So like, can I please see a copy of this version of the ADA? (laughs) (laughs) Can I get the copy of the ADA you're reading? Because the one I'm reading doesn't say anything about that. You apparently have and passed. (laughs) (laughs) I want the version. I want (laughs) <laughs> it's like I want the version you have buddy <laughs> please let me have it so yeah so that's interesting I'm glad you brought that up the mask wearing because I did see a lot of like right at the beginning of the pandemic when people didn't want to wear masks I saw people were making fake <laughs> yeah. cards that were like ADA oh. cards or something and I was like there's no ADA card it's like you have your social security card and if your Medicare, Medicaid, you have your like insurance card to go yeah, to the doctor. But there's no like where's that ADA, ADA card. Again? Can to I be have like, that version I, of the ADA? So yeah, so it's just like people catch on, they're like, oh the ADA, let's let's use this law that was made for this group of people to have rights so we can do what we want, type of thing. So yeah, that and that's it's very annoying to people that are disabled when non-disabled people do things like that. So, so the other thing with the ADA um, that I think is really important, like, because I I want to talk about things that we still need to fight for, because like, you know, when you fight for your civil rights, okay, in nineteen, I think it was nineteen sixty four, the right to the voting rights act was passed and things are better than have they been solved completely a hundred percent no they haven't so you're always going to have to keep fighting for rights especially when you're a minority so the ada did pass in 1990 and that was a really great accomplishment for the disabled community to make but now 30 it'll be 31 years this year so Now we have to think about what other rights we need. So one of the, you know, besides the accommodations of work, where I feel like maybe in the ADA, they need to write specific amounts of money, you know, that you'd have to spend that would be considered a financial burden. And then housing. But with housing, so technically... And I say technically in like an annoyed tone because this is not followed whatsoever. 
but technically you're supposed to have at least one accessible apartment option in like the multifamily level structure thingamajigs. But that ever happens, ever. And some apartment buildings aren't also built in a way you could just like drop an elevator in either. Uh, like my apartment complex, there's steps everywhere. There's no good place to just like drop an elevator and you would have to build an additional structure to then attach the elevator in because we basically have like an outdoor patio that connects all of our apartment. Whoever built this apartment complex is like dumb. Like really their architectural mindset. I don't know what they were doing, but like it snows in Ohio. So why you have a totally open stairwell and patios connecting your apartments. I don't know who thought that was really an idea, but like you can't make that into an mm-hmm. elevator easily. I don't even think you could try without like demolishing the whole building and starting over. But that's like a lot of um, how apartments are built. And even with houses, you don't really just, you see a lot of, you know, two story homes or, you know, basement and upper level and like ground floor and whatnot. But like, there's oftentimes a lot of like stair, a couple of stairs to get in. And once you find a house, uh, but with a lot of like housing, you still, once you move in, once you find a house that's like relatively accessible, um, a lot of disabled people still have to make, you know, pay out money to put in a ramp or put in a wheel, or like a lift. Right, thingy, right. Those like stair lift thingies to like get up and down the stairs because you can't drop an elevator and you're not how an elevator is going to work for a house. But also like you can't, there's, I don't think you could build a ramp either instead of your staircase. I don't think that would work. But like those are all expensive uh, with wheelchairs. I know you guys have to watch like the door widths and whatnot. Uh, I don't know how many apartments are or housing or just door frames in general are like wide enough for wheelchairs. I'm going to assume not too many because like I know people have difficulty getting furniture through them. So I don't think they're going to fit. Yeah. And and it's just like my personal experience with housing is, yeah, you know, anything built pre-1990, the door, you know, doorways, I can actually fit because, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest wheelchair user there. (laughs) So my wheelchair is actually pretty narrow in comparison to other people. So my wheelchair will fit just through the door. Like, you know, every doorway has scrapes scrapes on the side where my wheelchair is scraping the door every time I go through it. But the one thing that I did notice last time I moved, because now there's all these new apartment complexes being built in like 2014, 2016, and even like this year. And they are pretty, like the doors are always wide. I mean, I wouldn't say they're necessarily completely accessible because there's always something that's not really quite great for accessibility but um it's been kind of a relief because now that things are being built in the 2000s they the ada compliant you know compliant laws are now addressed when people are building things so that is the one it's like a relief for me because like i got evicted and 
God, in 2019, I think. And I had to rush and find a place. And so then I was calling all these new apartment complexes. They're like, we have ADA apartments. I was like, okay, well, that means it'll be accessible. That's kind of refreshing. And I went and it's like really like it has a roll and shower. And the bathroom is really amazingly accessible. There's bars, it's space, enough room for my wheelchair. But the little kitchen, um, yeah, um, my wheelchair's damaging the refrigerator, the oven, <laughs> the, the drawers, the drawers of the cabinets like get caught on my wheelchair and I pull them off. So, so yeah, the uh, kitchen is not really ADA compliant. And I will tell you, the garbage disposal is so far that it's even hard for my partner to reach or to reach and he's not disabled. <laughs> so it's not even accessible for a non-disabled person, the garbage disposal switch. So yeah, like these ADA compliant apartments, it's just like a selling point. You know, it's just like, oh, we have this rolling bathroom. So it's ADA compliant, but it's, you know, not truly. So, so that's like something that bothers me about housing because they, they legally can say that because there is no law yet saying that you can't say something's ADA compliant if it's not truly ADA compliant. And also for ADA, like what's accessible for one disabled person isn't necessarily going to be accessible for all disabled people. So even if something is ADA compliant, that doesn't necessarily mean it is accessible. Yeah, for exactly. Everybody. So like with my kitchen, if I was like using a walker or a cane, then it would be perfectly fine, but it's just because I'm in a wheelchair, I'm, rip, you know, knocking things, bumping into things. Cause there's not just not enough room for a wheelchair to navigate the kitchen properly. And like, yeah, that, let me say that's like the really unfortunate thing is that even though the ADA does provide like, Oh, you have to make things accessible. It doesn't really also like provide a, huge list of what needs to be done to do so either right. like for example um you know i need i don't really need like no stairs mm -hmm. but it's a preference um but like for somebody else with arthritis and lupus they might need a completely flat apartment like one story whereas like i can kind of like make do if I try hard enough I just don't like to because it's annoying but um you have to also like there's just not a lot of options mm -hmm. honestly like for trying to find anything helpful it's you might and also I've noticed some of the accessible apartments I should say accessibility accessible apartments in quotes um are often a lot of times more expensive than some of the like non-assessed which should be illegal because that's not equality yeah. yes Welcome that is the tax for sure <laughs> and then the other thing is like yeah like you talked you had mentioned that earlier and i was going to say something about that like you, you let's say you buy a house and it's not completely accessible then you know there is no assistance for you as a disabled person to make your health accessible which i think there's i think legally that would be an okay thing to get assistance for because again that is giving you equality if you 
need a ramp to get into your house or you need something else, whatever, uh, you know, const- let's just say construction wise to get into, to use your house as equal as a non-disabled person could. Uh, I feel like disabled, you know, that's another crypt tax is like you get a house, but you're going to have to put all this extra money so you can actually just use the house as a non-disabled person could use. Yep. And then, uh, you know, I want to talk about something that's actually currently happening because none of this stuff is being pushed yet in the ADA. And hopefully one day it will, as time goes on, more and more activists will. Because I, one thing I do feel is like after 19, you know, even after the 504 was passed in 1979, it opened up the world for disabled people because all of a sudden disabled people could go to school, could have curb cuts and get around a city when before that they couldn't, they, they can, couldn't do anything without assistance. And then I think, you know, when the eighties went, I think a lot of disabled people started discovering the freedom they could have. And so then a lot of disabled people were able to do things that non-disabled people were doing. And it was like, so exciting and amazing for them. And so then, you know, they were like, we need more. So then they pushed for the ADA and that got passed. And um, I think now in the 30 years of the ADA, more and more disabled people are getting out into the world and being able to work and take part in life like the way non-disabled people are. So I just think the second wave needs to come. And I think this is the perfect time because one thing I kind of think about, because pre-ADA times, like, um, like even pre, like the world we live in, like in the industrial era and the agricultural era, physicality, like for physical disabilities, physicality was your worth as a human because you had to physically do things. You had to work on a farm or yep. work in a factory. And so physicality was so important to be part of a society, but now with the cyber era, that cha- that really levels the playing field for disabled people. So I feel this is the time for us to start pushing for more rights because you can be accommodated. And you know, the pandemic, of course, has shown us that, that accommodations can be made for disabled people. If you can make it for non-disabled people because they can't come to work because they might catch a virus that would kill them, then you can accommodate a disabled person that is just as qualified as a non-disabled person to do this job. So, so hopefully when things get back to whatever normal is, whatever that is, whatever normal is part of what's like, hopefully the good thing out of the normal is that accommodations like that will be available for disabled people and single mothers and all the other people that need those accommodations and hopefully the disabled community will fight hard to give those people those accommodations. I just hope that like employers realize that, you know, people can still work from home without, you know, wasting, you know, they're always concerned about, oh, you're going to be like wasting company time. You know, God forbid you use the bathroom on the company clock, you know, but working from home is like mm-hmm. so beneficial for pretty much all people to where employers who are 
going to ask that in their, you know, off job offerings are really doing their own team a disservice. So they really should keep it around, even though like, yeah, I'm sure it can be annoying to do Zoom calls all the time for meetings and whatnot. But like building a hybrid method for either it's education or your job to where people are required to come into the office, you know, so many days a week but then have options to still work from home. In addition to like, if they want to come back five days to a week to work, they can. If they want to work from home three days and come into the office two days, like just have some kind of combination that they're able to do. And then just yeah. let people and, do um, their So job. you mentioned education. So I actually don't really know this because I know that I that there's these IEP plans because I wasn't disabled as a child. So this is something I never experienced. I was 29 when I became disabled. So I was already out of college and all that stuff. So um, what, how does like something like the IEP, is that an ADA related or is that a different part? Is that, that's not an ADA related? Yeah. The um, IEP, the individualized education plan, which is meant for more, uh, students with developmental disorders, uh, and then also the IDEA Act covers the ADA um, covers IDEA. it or the IDEA IDEA Act, and which was I I think the IDEA Act was actually no, passed IDEA before Act. the ADA. Yeah, was it, or was it after the ADA? And you see, people, we're disabled. We're not sure. We're, we don't know everything. <laughs> so, okay, so the 504 was passed in 1973. And then the idea, which is the individual, yeah, the individual disabilities education act, the individual with disabilities education act, the idea was passed in 1975 which was to help disabled people get education from, you know, childhood to college. And then, yeah, K through 21. And then, and then in 1990, it was the ADA that was passed. So, so, so that's how disability rights went to um, this July is going to be the 31st anniversary of the ADA and obviously from our conversation here, a lot more work needs to be done. So I really feel this is our time to do it. And I think, you know, the disability community needs to unite and really push forward and make this happen. Yeah. And like, have I feel like the laws we have now can work, but there's like just no consequences for it. Like you can blatantly ignore the ABA and it's not like you can, you know, call 911 and be like, Mr. Police Officer, there's an ADA violation. Like they're not going to come. They're going to be like, not our problem. And that's why I feel like we need to kind of let people know, hey, everyone's going to be disabled at some point in their life. And so you're going to need these things. So worry about it now before you need it. And so you won't be freaked out on trying to figure out how to manage your disability because you never thought about it before. Cause you just, for some reason in your mind thought you would never oh. be disabled. I don't know how many people have seen the movie Crip Camp, but there's like a really great quote by the woman whose name I'm forgetting. 
Um, she's really awesome. But one of the things she said, which I so agree with, she said, if we cannot change the attitudes and beliefs of people with disability, then no law is really going to help us. So even though we have these laws, it's time, people, for us to think about disability in a different way because we can. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of This Crip Life. If you like what you hear, please consider donating at DIYable.com. And remember, disabled people are people. People.